thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. Today's topic is going to be a little offbeat because it's something that we rarely talk about and it's how to maintain our sense of humour in the workplace, particularly when we're overrun with fatigue and exhaustion, which I know many of us are going to be able to relate to. And to talk more about this topic, I've got two lovely ladies as guest speakers with me here today, and they're actually here inside my house as we conduct this interview, so I really don't know how this is going to go. But I'm referring to the epivescent Jane Coogan, and dare I say, the slightly mischievous Laura Bellich. So now both Jane and Laura are mums to both humans and furry critters and currently work as ground staff for Qantas at Brisbane Airport, which is where I've had the pleasure of working with them. They've also spent many, many years working shift work, including loads of 3.30am starts, which I know they absolutely love. So to tell us more about how to maintain our sense of humour in the workplace, even when we're overrun with fatigue and exhaustion, I'd like to give a warm, friendly, healthy shift worker welcome to Jane and Laura. Thank you very much, Audra. Welcome, Jane. Thank you very much, Audra. You're welcome. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm really looking forward to hearing your stories, ladies, as I'm a little intrigued how, despite after decades of working 24-7, you still manage to keep your sense of humour when a lot of us become, I guess, for a better word, despondent or negative. And I know I'm speaking on behalf of a lot of your workmates, but I know they really enjoy working with you both for this very reason. You essentially come into work and have fun while still maintaining a sense of professionalism in what you do. So I'm going to kickstart the interview off and I just really want to hear about your story. So I'm curious to hear all about your shift working journey. When you started working 24-7, how many years have you worked as as a shift worker, all those sorts of things? And I'll start with you, Jane. Thank you, Audra. Uh, my career path started off working nine to five, but in addition to that, I was doing waitressing, I was uh, working as a cleaner, I was doing study. So my first two years in travel were full on, and I'm talking 35 years ago. Uh, from the day I left school, I worked as, as soon as I finished my exams. So I've always enjoyed just being busy. Uh, So the hours always sort of stretched really from a Monday through to a Saturday, including nights, and pretty tiring. And then I moved on into the travel industry, becoming a sales representative. And that involved, goodness me, that would have been mm, probably 30 years ago. And that incorporated travelling a lot to different destinations. I was very lucky a lot of um, escorting and taking travel agents to different destinations. So that that in itself, the jet lag was incredible and you could sometimes do two or three trips in a month to far-flung as Canada or even close in around Bali or Fiji and it was, it was non-stop as well as night functions and a lot of driving, a lot of driving around New South Wales and uh, that's where I started and then moved to Brisbane and did the same thing here. So I was not only driving a lot, but driving blind, didn't know where I was going, uh, 
thank goodness for refidexes in those days. And uh, since I think 20 years ago it will be, this April I started at the airport um, by choice. I wanted to continue within Qantas after a few changes and I went to the airport and started there uh, basically yeah, the 24-7 shift work. And in those days a lot of 1am flights that we dealt with and an awful lot of different timings and at first I was exhilarated. Uh, I drive to the airport thinking, wow, how lucky am I working at such a fantastic place and slowly but surely after probably a good 12 months the the shine started to go (laughs) and I realised, gee whiz, this is going to be a full-on journey for me but yeah, so I've been at the airport 20 years now and working pretty well. Yeah, full time. Wow, that sounds amazing, Jane. So you've actually, pretty much since you left school, though, you've been working sort of long and crazy kind of hours. Yes, indeed. <laughs> wow, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Well, thank you so much. I've actually learned a couple of things about you I didn't know. So uh, very good. So, yeah, uh, Laura, ask, um, the same question, if you could share with us your shift working journey for us, please. Thank you, Audra. Uh, I have been working shift work for the last probably 20 years. Um, I came from New South Wales and I used to be a waitress and working at the bank. So I used to have always two jobs really. And um, so my body, I suppose, is used to this um, working nonstop. Um, The hours at the airport when I joined uh, Qantas as a customer service agent, like Jane mentioned before, really tough hours, um, Royal Brunei, one o'clock arrival. So that was really tough for us to be there on time. And sometimes um, I put the alarm and I woke it up and I didn't know if there was the right day or the wrong day. Uh, one day I remember I was late and no, actually I was one day early or something like that. I got up the day before instead of the day after. Now, uh, so my experience as a shift worker, I really enjoy it. I mean, my body is already set up. Even on my days off, I wake up at 4 o'clock. I really have to push myself to say it's my day off. Let's stay in bed. But I'm an early bird now. Um, this one of your questions you asked about how do I keep my happy... Okay, later on. That's okay. Um, so really, I've been chief worker for most of 20 years and I really enjoy it and it's part of me and I don't think uh, I can give it up. It's just me and I really enjoy it and I know sometimes it's tough, you're tired, you miss birthdays, you miss Christmas, you miss uh, special parties but Qantas is my family and I go to work because I go to see my family. Oh, that's beautiful. Laura, thank you. Actually, I forgot to say, to introduce to our re- readers, if you have a little trouble understanding Laura, it's because she's not as an Australian as you've probably picked up. Where are you actually from originally, Laura? I was born in Peru, South America, and I came to Australia when I was 18 years old, and at the moment I'm 50. 
Wow, happy birthday, big five zero. Well done. And doing, still doing shift work. So, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Uh, I, you mentioned about the raw Brunei shifts at 1am. I think I remember doing a few of those too where we started at 8.30 at night and finished at 4.30 in the morning. They were, yeah, and are really, really tough. But, um, yeah, interesting to see that you're – it fits for you though as tough as it is you're still happy to do it so that's great thank you so now ladies you both know that our shift working jobs can be very stressful and exhausting but one thing I've noticed over the years from working with you is that you've got wonderful sense of humor so there's never a dull moment working with you and this is such a beautiful trait and a credit to have because our personalities can actually change over time when we're overwhelmed with stress whether that's in the form of mental physical or emotional fatigue but the one One thing I admire about you, and it's the reason why I've actually invited you both on this podcast, is that even during those times when we've been under pressure, the high demand, such as the flight cancellations, the airport closures, you still manage to have a good laugh whilst maintaining a sense of professionalism. So, or is that really just a facade? Order, it's all just a facade. (laughs) Oh, I thought so. Yes, no, everything is a facade. (laughs) All right. So, but... I guess, more, on a more serious note, would you mind actually sharing with our listeners how to manage, how you actually do manage to still keep cool and your sense of humour is in such a tough working environment when you are running on such little sleep? And, I, and I'll go back to you again, Jane. Thanks, Orja. Um, I had to make a few little notes to myself on this one because, like Laura, I've never actually arrived the day before a shift or the day after, but I have twice woken up from a nana nap at 5pm thinking, because of the light, that it was 5am. And I've run around in a panic in my underwear, um, really just panicking, thinking I'm running running late, I've run work, I've said, I'm so sorry, I'm running late, I'm on the way, I'm on the way. And they've said to me, you realise you only left just a couple of hours ago. So I've gone into such a deep sleep, that's happened to me twice, Um, it's quite scary when that happens. Um, I think maintaining my sense of humour, I add up my sleep, I add it all together, so that because I've got a 14-year-old and there's homework and there's cooking and my husband works night shift, there's a lot to do at the end of the day that I I can't just go to bed and think, well, I start at three, so I'll go to bed now because that doesn't suit. I have to... My job's 24 hours a day and Laura, I think, would agree her daughter's a bit older now, but it can be quite difficult. So I try and add everything together so that when I go to work the next day, I say to myself, oh, I've had actually six hours sleep because I'll add the nana nap and maybe that doze off of an hour and the two that I got of a night. (laughs) I had them all together so that when I get in the car, I don't think to myself, oh, I've only had two hours sleep. I say to myself, over the last 12 hours, I've managed to get in five. So I I try and stick to getting as much as I can. But I think that starts you off in in the right way with just a sense of humour about the day. I do the same thing on the road. I make things up about idiot drivers that try to kill me on the way to work. We see a lot of odd things at that time of day or night and... um, I try and start it off with that and imagine um, maybe where they're going or where they've come from or maybe they have one eye or their blinker doesn't work, um, where clearly it does, but they're just not using it. And the trucks that try to run me off the road, all those things, I, I try and make light of things so that by the time you get to work, you're not carrying your baggage with you. 
basically, and just I think that's one tip. Um, and just learn to laugh at yourself because I tell you what, I'm the funniest subject. Um, and so I, I think if you learn to laugh at yourself, you can have a good day because not every day is going to be perfect and you can't judge how your day or night is going to go. Um, so you just go in with the best attitude possible and just realise everyone's going through the same thing really at work. So, And if I'm in doubt and I need a lift, I look for Laura. <laughs> and hope that she's on shift with you. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Well, thanks for that um, bit of a visual about running around in, in, an, in, in your house in the underwear. That was... Um, that was, yeah, that was an interesting. I wasn't actually expecting that. So, yeah, very good. But I really liked actually what you were saying about how you add your hours together because that's quite good because it, it, it becomes definitely a bit of a mental mindset game, this whole shift working thing. And that way you're at least, you know, that you have had a little bit extra sleep. And as, as it's all about, I guess we do... We can't always have that fantastic quantity of sleep that our nine-to-five cousins have, but if we focus more on the quality as well, um, but you, I love that idea. That was really interesting. Yeah, so thanks, um, Jane. So how about you? Laura, how do you manage to keep your sense of humour in the workplace? Thank you, Audra. Well, um, I'm a very positive person and... The minute I get up, I just know that I'm going to have a good day and I try to have the good day. And when I go to work, I pass to my colleagues all my positive attitude. And, of course, sometimes, you know, I feel down, but uh, I try to put that on the side. Um, One of the main things is, like Jane mentioned before, the sleeping pattern, like uh, well, a few years ago, I was sleeping really well, but since change of life, unfortunately, I'm not sleeping very well at the moment. But it doesn't matter because I still get up and I just go there and I focus and I'm there to deliver the best that I can and to be there for my colleagues as a teamwork. And um, I just love being there. I think the minute that I, if I wake up one morning and I will say, I don't feel like going to work, that will be the sign the saying, it's time for you to stop working but until now every morning I wake up doesn't matter if it's two o'clock in the morning three o'clock in the morning I want to go to work sometimes I fear and I say oh my god maybe you know one of these days I'm going to wake up and say I don't want it and that's that is going to be a chance for me but I like going to work I like passing my energy my positive attitude to the staff because every day you know we all have different issues and problems not only us the passengers the passengers come in there they have never been at the airport before they ask you where is the toilet or where is Jetstar or where is whatever they want to know and we have to be a lot of patience too you know we have to be there and smile and there's one thing that they always say about me my smile is my best quality thing so I keep smiling and and when I'm down, they can tell that I'm down, the staff, because they can tell that I'm not right. And then they come and worry about me. Well, something wrong with you. But I just, I'm a happy person. And I love going to work. Isn't that sad? <laughs> 
No, that's amazing. And, and I really loved how you said that, you know, when that day comes, when you actually wake up and realise, you know, at 3am or 1am and you go, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. And then that day hasn't come. So um, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. And yeah, we always know if things are amiss with Laura because she's kind of like this, a bit of a whirlwind energizer bunny on steroids you know going around the terminal 200 kilometers an hour and if she's not doing that we know that something's a little bit amiss with you so yeah very good so uh jane have you always been a bit of a joker and a comedian and and where if you have it or where have you got it from is it from your parents or your siblings right that's another thing i've had a little thought about may may i say i'm 53 now turned 53 on friday thank you very much happy birthday uh, and you know i still feel young i still feel vibrant there are days when my body doesn't it drags out behind me but i think laura's positive attitude is just the best and i think if you hang with positive people that really rubs off on you but in saying that my sense of humor now my family, my, I thought about this, my mum and dad both didn't really have a sense of humour. They were 30s babies. They, you know, they did it tough, you know, either slight within the Depression, born within the, that era. Um, my father's brother and sister went to war and, and he was only like a baby. He was only like a, well, an afterthought, I suppose, but he was 12 when they came back. So they both had quite serious lives. My dad was very cheeky, but he was never... I can't remember him ever telling jokes. And my mother had a very tough life but still managed to have such a positive outlook. So I think I got it off her brother, uh, <clears throat> Uncle Graham, uh, a wonderful man. Uh, 14 years difference between him and my mother, uh, younger, and then 14 years difference between myself and him. Um, he was a great mentor, <laughs> taught me all the wrong things. Uh, but it was a very funny man and I learnt then I think that that could get me places. My brother was very serious. He, my mother always joked that he was born in a three-piece suit. He came out like that um, and still is a very quite a serious man, um, three years older than me. But I think in particular at school, I was 14, I was very sporty and very nerdy. Uh, all I did was swim, uh, water polo, soccer, cricket, anything to do with sports. That was my life. And I was quite studious, but I was seen to be a little bit daggy, I suppose, or in the Australian term. I was just on the outside rim a bit. And we went on a school camp to Canberra and we were being picked. The, the two groups of students were being picked out. And myself and a kleptomaniac named Michelle were the last two left and I thought has this what it's come to is this what they think of me you know I I was being the last one picked and I thought I couldn't understand why anyway the cool girls picked me I was so relieved and I went into their cabin and I think I made some sarcastic I'm more dry than I am knock knock who's there type of thing I'm more of a dry person with my humour that's when I discovered uh, my the power of humour. And one of the girls said to me, what did you just say? And I thought, oh, dear. And I repeated, I forget what it was. And she said, you're really funny, aren't you? Aren't you funny? You're hilarious. And I that acceptance straight away, um, that gave me a foot 
in the door. And I then became quite good. I, I really didn't care who I was hanging with, but to be accepted and then I could choose a friend um, Anne Kulikoski, I'll never forget her. And we, we tried a lot of different things and my, my whole life went into a different direction and so I sang in the choir and did things I never would have thought I could do. Even my parents were shocked that it didn't involve a ball or water of some sort. And um, I discovered then that it was a really powerful tool and it's seen me through many sticky situations in my time. So, yeah, I, I think I developed it as, as basically a... Um, oh, a reflex to survive <laughs> in the school system here. Um, yeah, it was go, and I wasn't going to be, I could never be naughty. I was always very dull, but I, I was always, um, I hope, a little bit funny, not as in odd. I'll hand back to you, Audra. <laughs> no, that's great. So I guess it's when you re- kind of realise that the sense of humour was you, and maybe you kind of worked out that this is me and this is okay to be me. So let's just kind of run with it. So, yeah, fascinating. Excellent. Thank you. All right, Laura, so what's your background on where you got your sense of humour from? Well, I believe that my sense of humour comes from my dad. He used to be um, a bit funny. I discovered that when when he moved from uh, Peru to Australia and he used to be very funny. My mum was really quiet, so... My father, and then I will say my brothers. My brother, I got a brother in America that he's very funny. And then my sisters too, but I think I follow. I'm the one that uh, I like to say things and see the reaction of the people. Like, I don't know if you notice, like I might be very serious and say something, but I'm actually joking. Um, But um, that comes from my dad, I will say. And... um, very, you know, like I'm very friendly with everybody and they like that on me, that I'm funny and I make them laugh and and I'm very touchy too, you know how I'm very attached, like a hug and kiss and affectionate, like we call that, which they used, I used to be told that I wasn't, but I'm actually, I am. And um, I think that's where from my father comes from, Audra. Very good. So you really are living up to your mischievous tag that I gave you at the beginning. <laughs> you might have answered that too, doesn't it? <laughs> Very good. All right. So my next question to you, uh, ladies, is I guess what's been the biggest lesson you've learned about remaining positive and happy in your workplace? No doubt there's been times when you've wanted to throw in the towel and quit, although I've since realised that probably that's not the case for Laura. Um, But I'm sure there's many of our listeners out there that are are feeling that moment where they were just ready to go, I've had enough, I want to go. Yeah, what's what's kept you going? Well, I'd like to say alcohol, but I don't drink. (laughs) I don't actually drink Audra. Um, I I would say um, what's kept me going. Look, all I know is my mood affects my health. So if I have a good positive happy outlook then that affects how I feel inside and I think every woman faces it where you lie in bed of a night thinking everything you have to do the next day um, it can be quite overwhelming so I if I've had a really particularly bad day at work I try and leave that as I get in the car I'll sing full pitch on the way home um, 
I'll, I'll try and deviate the route home or do anything to take my mind off what sort of day I've had. And I think I mentioned earlier I've just made a major change at work and gone back into a role that made me happier. Um, and I think sometimes, if, yeah, if the listeners out there are becoming really bogged down in a particular role where they're working, maybe there's another role within the network or where they are to make them a little bit happier with their lives because if you are around negative people every day I always say it's like it's like a tsunami it's like two tectonic plates merging together something's going to pop up and it it was actually me so I decided to change my world and move back into an area where there's lots of people to to mingle with and um, if there's someone a little bit negative on the day I tend to sort of bypass them and keep going a little bit like glory if I'm having a sad day um, that means I'm not smiling people think there's something wrong but it might be that I'm just tired of smiling but generally I'm, I'm pretty upbeat about everything uh, yeah so I, I think and I think what why I like keeping the shift work too is it allows me time and I know we miss out on parties and things like that but it allows me the flexibility and the time to be at maybe a school event that I wouldn't normally get to go to or a sporting event and although I'm at the age now where I'm not allowed to scream on the sideline I have to pretend I'm not there but um, yeah I actually can be involved in different things and and get work done when maybe the family's not home so yeah shift works I think it's pretty cool but yeah just keep it upbeat and as positive as you can. I love that. So you've kind of really taken responsibility on your own outright to kind of reposition yourself somewhere instead of sort of sitting stagnant in the one spot going, woe is me. Um, Yeah, so good for you. And it's what, taken you 53 years to work that out? Pretty much. All right. So over to you again, Laura. Okay, Laura's forgotten the question, but that's fair enough because Jane was kind of talking for, for quite a while, so that's, that's okay, Laura. I'll just ask the question again. So I guess what's, what's been the biggest lesson you've learned about remaining positive and happy in the workplace? Well, I'm going to sound like a company person. You know, uh, Qantas always send us to these lovely courses in Sydney. So to be positive, to learn, you know, be on the red or be on the black. And I choose myself to be on the red, not on the black. And what I like is to keep everybody to be on the red. If I feel that somebody's on the black, I try to change it into the red. And if I can know, well, at least I try and I keep on moving. So, um, like I say, I'm I'm very positive at work and I try to see everything positive. Sometimes, of course, you get your bad days. Um, to be honest, Sodra, sometimes the bad days are not the passengers. It's just somebody higher in the workplace that makes you feel a bit uncomfortable or things like that that you have to deal with that it's a shame but we do work as a team where we are at the moment we are at the Brisbane um, airport and I feel that team they they support me I'm actually I have been through few issues lately and if I would be on my own I would say I'm giving up but I feel the support of the staff and I have gone higher and say the reason I'm here is because I know the staff and my colleagues are here with me and I'm going to keep on doing it because of them 
And if no, I would have just walked away. So how I like that. I appreciate that. Like I mentioned to you, it's family, and I feel the support. And I just, a passenger might get upset, but I, as long as I explain everything, another day, I smile, they go, i done my job. You finish your day, and you go home. So I go through every day like that. That's beautiful and actually really nice to hear that there's obviously that sense of camaraderie amongst the workplace. Is that right? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, and I, and I have to admit it is, um, it's actually something that I do miss since having left because I, I did take a redundancy um, at the end of 2014 and it is my shift working family that I really do miss. I mean, you know, had the pleasure of working with so many fantastic people and you do get to become quite close and develop good friendships because we work in really weird hours and spend all those Christmas um, public holidays together. So, yeah, that, that's nice to hear that, you know, people have been coming together for you. So I came across a great quote the other day and I instantly thought of you girls. It went something like this. Humour is associated with intelligence and honesty. That is why we are more attracted to people who can make us laugh. What do you say about that? Right, Audra. Um, what do I say about that? It's a very interesting quote. Um, I must say, uh, in, I'm very honest. Uh, I've always been an honest girl. Couldn't do anything down the wrong... I, cu- I couldn't do anything wrong. I think I'd be struck by lightning if that happened. But uh, in all honesty, nothing like a funeral to put you back on your right path. And I, I've been to one just recently for a work colleague and, and I think if you lose a loved one or you, lo- you lose someone close that you work with, it really puts you back on a path where you think, well, you know what, life's not so bad. I really quite, you know, I like that and I'll, I'll be that honest to say it. Sometimes you need something quite not so good to happen in your life to put you back on a path where you think, you know what, this is okay. And I always think, you know, people way worse off than myself um, and that gets me through my day. I don't know about intelligence. Uh, I like to use big words, as I think you you know. Sometimes they don't actually fit in the sentence, but I'm going to use them anyway. And um, I think since I hit the menopause, as Laura calls it, uh, my intelligence has gone out the door. I sometimes, I, halfway through check-in, where I forget what I'm even doing. So I have to really bring myself back every time but that's a lovely quote I'd like to think of myself as being honest and intelligent thank you for thinking that Audra we do miss you at work (laughs) oh that's very sweet thank you (laughs) all right same question Laura well honest definitely and uh, sometimes I get into trouble because of that I'm too honest and I've been told that sometimes I have to keep my mouth shut and don't say what I think but the honesty comes through me intelligent we are intelligent Jane we're extremely intelligent because we got these beautiful personalities and not everybody have that personalities we got something extra on us that we should take advantage of that and um, last week, I actually went to see um, a lady there. Of course, I paid her $100, and she told me everything I need to know. Um, and she told me that I got a gift, that I'm sort of um, something like a natural gift, uh, you know, like that I should look into something like that. 
Well, I feel that every time I talk to my colleagues or something, they I can relate or I give advice or something like that, and I feel useful, you know, especially now at the moment after Jane mentioned we lost a colleague, and um, there is a lady that she's very close to that colleague, and last night I was talking to her to give her a bit of support, and I'm there for her, and I feel great because I'm a person that likes helping people so um i do agree for what you say we are intelligent and we are honest beautiful very nice and um yeah it's it's good that you've actually mentioned that colleague that um we did lose unfortunately last week and i will um endeavor to actually dedicate this um, podcast that we're doing you know in his honor um, when we wrap this up so um but just before we wrap up just a little slight deviation of topics i know that you're both fairly well-traveled young ladies and I'm still going to use the word young because you are still very young and you have loads of experience working in an airport environment what would be your number one travel tip that you could give to our listeners and this could be a favorite holiday destination um, you know a really handy travel gadget you know what's your what's your sort of number one travel tip I have traveled extensively Probably not into the nooks and crannies that Laura's been in, but I've been travelling since I was 10 years of age and starting with Fiji, which was very exotic back in 1973. And we also wore then um, clothing on planes. Uh, We didn't wear just thongs and singlet tops. We really went for that classiness. Um, The men wore safari suits. The women wore matching outfits with matching handbags. Um, It was very glamorous. Um, A long dress was not, um, you know, looked, looked upon as being unusual. And it was such a really... It wasn't like death on the Nile style of clothing, but it was very glamorous and you felt really honoured to be able to to travel and we used to put all our pennies in a jar to go. Um, I can say though, since being a sales rep and travelling to different places, I used to have to sometimes have three bags packed. The first thing I did, I'd always have a toiletry bag packed, completely separate to anything that I would normally use. So that was all ready to go and I always packed from the shoes up, believe it or not. Mm. Holiday destinations, there's just too many, but yeah, that's what I, that would be my number one travel tip. Shoes up because if you have a particular pair of sandals you like and then you've got your comfortable shoes and then, um, you know, something for the room... I would then build the outfits up from there because otherwise you tend to put in six outfits and then think, well, I need that sandal and I need that court shoe and I really need these clogs and I need... So I couldn't afford the weight in the in the luggage and, you know, I'd be doing the US, Hawaii, Canada and Bali was my big wall in within uh, two weeks. It was phenomenal. I didn't even know where I was. But everything was shoes up and I've always packed since then on those conditions. Wow, I have never heard of that before, packing shoes up. But, oh, my gosh, it makes sense because, yeah, when you said you end up with so many outfits, yeah, guilty, definitely guilty. That is a great tip. Thanks, Jane. See, there was a bit of you are living up to that um, intelligence, you know, <laughs> about humour. All right, same question, Laura. Do I need to repeat the question or you're good? Okay. 
Thank you. Well, for me, depending which is my favorite destination. Well, I love the beach. You know that. And I every minute I got a day off, I just head enough to the ocean. I have been traveled few places. Um, most of them South America, but I love the beach and. Like Jane mentioned, Fiji, very nice and very nice people. I love the culture of every place that I have been because I learned something and I try to get into the culture and be with them and learn with them how they live and everything. As you know, me coming from South America, I got a different culture compared to Australians that I have to you know, incorporate. Now I can consider myself Australian because I've been here for such a long time. But I got a daughter that I race and I pass my culture too so she can have the values of being a South American as well like respect and you know like um, respect for the olders and all the old you know fashion things that we used to have my favorite destination I will say there is so many different places that I've been but I always stick in my mind Mauritius because when I went to Mauritius and I lie down in on the sand there, I opened my eyes and this black man was next to me. No, I'm sorry. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, just Mauritius because I look at the beaches and I thought, my God, and I'm dead and I'm alive now and this is the way it's going to be. Uh, it was beautiful and I really relaxed. Um, but anything or where is the beaches, I love it. I just love the beaches and uh, because they... It makes me alive, the breeze, the ocean, and not long ago I went down to the coast and and I wanted for a sign, something personal with me, and I look at the ocean and say, please send me a sign. And then I went home, turned on the computer, and there was a sign. So I truly believe that when I need a message, I go to the ocean and the ocean send me something. Thank you. Oh, I thought we were going to go X-rated there for a little while. And, and, and also, David, Hass- when you looked into the ocean, that David Hasselhoff was going to come running out of the water or something. Was that going to be your sign? So, oh, very good. All right. So just in closing, um, I guess, is what's your key piece of advice that you'd like to share with our listeners on improving your enjoyment at shift work? So, yeah, just your number one thing. My number one thing would be to remember to be kind to yourself because if you're kind to yourself you'll be kind to other people I I think you've got to look after your your number one and remember maybe your sense of humor might not suit everybody so I really am very aware of maybe and I, I I in the past I've been guilty of maybe saying something that was hilariously funny and everyone found funny but maybe someone wasn't laughing I'm very quick to go up to that person say, and to say, I, I do hope you didn't take offence. So just with the humour, keep it within... I don't apologise for being for being me and I, that's why I love Laura. She's she's Laura. and But but just remembering that sometimes it, you've got to keep it within the realms of <laughs> who's around you. That's, um, you know, obviously some jokes don't go down well with management, so I try to keep those out of the room. Over to you, Laura. <laughs> Very, very good point. Yeah, well, and I'll just <laughs> so straight over to you, Laura. Thank you. Um, what I will say is, if you're having a bad day, don't take it in others. Just you know, maybe step back outside, have a look outside at the lovely bus that takes you from the car park back to the airport, 
breathe in, breathe out, and don't take it on others because it's not their fault that you, you know, didn't eat last night, you didn't sleep well last night, that you're going through hot flashes all day. You know, it's not their fault, and it's not the passenger's fault. It's just you that you have to deal with these things. And like I say, we are responsible for what we do. We choose to work as a shift workers, we did. We choose. We signed a contract. We decided. We are the ones that we decided to get up at 1 o'clock in the morning and the other ones are sleeping until 9 o'clock. We are the ones. But remember, if we finish uh, start at 3, we finish at 11. So you could be working, but I'm already in the shop shopping and looking at the sales in Maya. Well, that's my choice, not your choice. So just also be understanding that we are there smiling at 3.30 in the morning for you. I know you come and we need you so we can get paid, but we are there for you and also for the staff. So just keep in mind that we sometimes, if we don't smile all the time, it's because we've been up a bit early. Okay, thank you. Wow, wow, wow. Some sensational advice um, from you, Laura, and as well, Jane, there. So thank you so very, very much for, for sharing that. And, and that's really fabulous advice. And thank you so much, ladies. You've been a real hoot, and it's been such a pleasure to have you both here um, sitting inside my house. And there's been no fighting over the microphone, which I'm really happy with. It's been quite surprising. Oh, hang on. We're about to have a bit of a biff going on in the background. Uh, but yeah, but so thank you so very much um, for joining me here today. Um, and just, I guess, just to touch on what we were mentioning before, as Jane was saying, unfortunately, we did lose a very, very close workmate of ours, even though I'm not longer working at the airport. But I would really like to dedicate this podcast to uh, Mr. Paul Baxter, who used to work in resources with us. And he was just an incredible, incredible being. And he would never say a bad word about anyone to anyone and it's an absolute tragedy that we have actually lost him so early and I know that uh, each and every member of our shift working family at the airport and and even those of us that have left uh, we're really devastated to hear that he's no longer with us but I'm sure he's up to some mischief up in heaven and and, um, we're we're very glad that he's no longer in pain so this this episode is dedicated to you Paul we we miss you and we, we loved working with you very much so Okay, so that's it uh, for today's edition of the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback and there are many ways you can do this via my Facebook page, The Healthy Shift Worker, through my website, healthyshiftworker.com or you can visit The Wellness Couch at thewellnesscouch.com and leave a comment there. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to share it with other shift workers who you think may benefit and you can also leave us a five-star rating in the iTunes store which will help me to spread the Healthy Shift Worker message to shift workers and organisations all around the world. If you'd like access to more free resources including my newsletter, just visit my website at healthyshiftworker.com and you can enter your name and email address. So thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.